When it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with him, with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails in my hand and his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. And it's always kind of frustrating that the Sunday right after Easter, it's always the Doubting Thomas Sunday. Uh, the, the joke uh, that was given to me by an old retired pastor once was that he has three sermons for the Sunday after Easter because he always got called on to be pulpit supply because after a long Lent and Holy Week, pastors would usually, usually take the week off after Easter, and so he'd be called on to go and preach somewhere. And since it was always Doubting Thomas, he could just pick one of those sermons and he'd be good to go and he wouldn't have too much work he would have to do. <laughs> but that's not the way the scripture should work for us. There, there should be something that happens in us, to us, as, as, as we come to them, that is necessary for the time. And what I mean by that is that it's, it's necessary for the way that God works in us at that time to do his transformative work, to do the work that the word does upon us, that the word becomes something that we need at that time, even when we may not know that we need it. Uh, and that's part of the picture that we have here in, in the 20th chapter of John, that the disciples are terrified. They've locked themselves in the upper room and they're, they're worried that they're going to be next because they just saw Jesus get arrested and killed. And then he storms his way in, storms the Bastille, <laughs> and shows up and says, peace be with you. Christ invading their, their little space at that moment, moment with the words that they needed, peace, peace right now. You are terrified, you need peace, and that is what I'm going to give you. And then he breathes on them the Holy Spirit and sends them out with a commission to forgive, to bring forgiveness of sins. That's what they're sent to do. Because in part, when he shows up and says, peace be with you, he's speaking to those who abandoned him, who denied him, who did nothing to stop his trial. And he comes to them with peace, with forgiveness of that, because he had taken those sins away on the cross and he had risen from the grave in order to prove that that was true. And poor Thomas, 
poor Thomas, the one who just happened to be out getting lunch, uh, uh, the one that was brave enough that he really had no worries about, about the Jewish leadership coming after him. He finally shows up, maybe bringing the sandwiches from Subway. And they say to him, we've seen the Lord. And he says, unless I see him as the Jesus I need with the marks in his hands and feet and the one in his side, I'm not going to believe. How, isn't that the way with us often? Those of us who have come to faith in Christ, who, who hold our faith as, as something solid, as purposeful, Aren't we often ridiculed for that? And we, I mean, here we have, in some ways, that's what Thomas does, right? I'm not going to believe that. You're, you're crazy. You're all nuts. He died on a cross. There's no way he's alive. And then Jesus just has to do the same thing he did with those disciples. He invades Thomas's little world. And then he says, oh, Thomas, touch me. Experience me. Encounter me as the risen Christ, the crucified one who now lives. And Thomas does, and he makes his confession, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, uh, handing to Christ the, the moniker that he should have, Kyrios and Theos. Kyrios, in fact, the, the my Lord, the Kyrios, that's an that's a interesting word because that's actually the word, I, I learned this just the other day, that's actually the word that the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's the word that is used to translate the name of God in the Old Testament. You know, when in your Bible, uh, when the name of God is used in the Old Testament more often than not, it's in all capital letters uh, because it's this name uh, Yahweh, but we don't know how to pronounce it properly. So sometimes some people say Jehovah, others say say Yahweh, because it's these four letters with no vowels. They say his name is so precious we should not even try to pronounce it because we might pronounce it wrong. And so they translated it by using the word Kyrios or Lord, because often in 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 Jewish translations uh, they did the same thing here into English. It, they use the word Adonai, which is another word for Lord. Uh, and that I find I've always found that interesting because he says my God, but then he says my Lord, my Kyrios, almost giving to Christ the position of the God of the Old Testament, the God who who brought life into being, which is who Christ should be for you. He is the Word of God made flesh. He's the spoken God into the world coming as the sun for you. And then he says, have you believed? <laughs> because you've seen, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Thinking of us, the fact that we haven't necessarily quite literally touched the body of Christ, and yet we have him revealed to us in his word all the time. We have him revealed to us in the sermons that should be preached about him. We have him revealed to us in the sacraments especially his body and blood given and shed for you and all those things done so that you might believe and you might have a Lord and you might have a God who is Jesus Christ. Well, happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and uh, we will see you on Sunday, but let us pray. Almighty God, with joy we celebrate the day of our Lord's resurrection. 
by the grace of Christ among us, enable us to show the power of the resurrection in all that we say and do through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We'll go in peace. Serve the Lord. We will see you next week.